I want to talk about something today that probably has gotten us all in trouble one, one, at one time or another. And it's something I'd like to challenge you with today because we want heaven's, as, as leaders of the church, we want heaven's best for everyone in this building today. And the enemy is so slight telling us, well, you're not going to receive heaven's best because look what you've done, where you've been, and what you've done. Listen, when we ask Jesus into our life, he, he takes all of where we've been, what we've done, and all our sins to the sea of forgetfulness, and he buries them, and they're past, they're forgiven, and they're gone. But many times in our struggle, our spiritual life, the enemy always talks to all of us. Well, if you hadn't have done this, this would have happened. Listen to me. The enemy wants to trick you every day into doing wrong thinking and his way of thinking is stinky <laughs> there's two ways to think God's way and the enemy's way and and let me ask you this when you think when you call on, on somebody's name somebody's name let me just say this when you call on Donald Trump's name when you just say that out loud we all have a thought if you don't like him you can remember the worst thing you've seen him do if you like him you can think of something good he did. But your mind, just, just, just the call of that person's name arouses our thought process. I can say uh, any, any name, any name. We can mention something uh, that happened, an occasion that happened. Maybe we, if you put all of us in a building and, and we were watching the same thing or enjoying the same program, we'd all have something different many times that, that we've seen, that blessed us, that spoke to us. But, but uh, there's a different definition of thinking today, and I borrowed this from uh, uh, some thoughts that I prepared my message for this morning. And I like what one little boy said about thinking. Uh, thinking, said the little boy, is when your mouth stays shut and your head keeps talking to itself. <laughs> Albert Einstein says, I think and think for months, for years, 99 times conclusion is false. The hundredth time, I'm right. This doesn't pertain to anybody here. I want everybody to look at me and I want you to know I love you. This is for... This is for somebody who's not here, okay? All right, you're going to like me after I tell you this, right? All right, Todd, come on. I'm not, you're really emotional. You're not, you're, Todd just sitting by the, back there and said, I'm going to leave now or later. The human tongue is only inches from the brain. But when you listen to some folks, they seem miles apart. You said you love me. It's not for y'all. Don't take that personally. You're thinking, I want you to think right now. When, when you hear this, now this is just off the top of my head. Get ready and expect dandruff. <laughs> Two thoughts can't occupy the mind at the same time. The choice is ours as to whether our thoughts will be constructive or destructive. Only two ways to go. Our best friends and our worst enemies are our thoughts. A thought can do us more good than a doctor or a banker or a faithful friend. It can also do us more harm than a brick. Your thought. Your thoughts. Many are going through the storms of life today and, uh, and issues that are unsettled. But as I bring the thoughts to you this morning, I... Uh, 
I have something I want to leave with you today, or I have several thoughts I want to leave with you this morning. But one of them is this. And again, it went back to a, a, a boy who was on an airline one day. He was just a small boy. And uh, he had brought his toys with him. And, and just as the airliner had got air, air uh, lifted off and was in the air and leveled off at about 30,000 feet, there was turbulence that began to shake the airliner. And, it, it, and the little boy just sat in his seat. He was playing. He was laughing. And he was just doing his thing and enjoying and a lady beside him, she had grabbed both armrests, and she was hanging on for dear life, and that, that airliner was doing the dips that he do at 30,000 feet in the air. And the more she watched the little boy just laughing and playing with his, the toys, the more irritated she got. And uh, finally, she, she just had all she could take. The air became worse, and the, the, the plane became more, more vehemently shaken by the contrary winds that they were flying through. And finally, she reached over, and she took the little boy by the arm. She said, son, I want you to quit having so much fun. Don't you know this plane is going through a storm? And she said, we could, be, we could crash, and our life would be gone. And the little boy looks up at her so peacefully, and he said, oh, man, if you only knew who was piloting this ship, you wouldn't be afraid at all. My dad's a pilot of the ship, and he can take this plane through any kind of a storm. That's the kind of Jesus that we serve this morning. And if you're facing a storm today, he's the pilot of our life. And he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to bail out on you this morning. And I don't know who this is for, but he longs to just put his arms around you and hold you today. And what he wants to speak to the turbulence in our life is peace be still. He still speaks to the winds and the waves this morning. He's still the author of the finisher of our faith, and we're just his kids. And how many know kids make mistakes? But I'm telling you, the Lord never made a mistake when he walked into our life. The Bible says old things passed away, which, which is the sinful nature of our life, and he placed his Holy Spirit into us the day we were born again. And today we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. In fact, in the Gospels it says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in every one of you today. There's no big eyes and little U's today. We're all just God's kids, and we're on the same road trying to get there, doing the same doing the, the things that God has challenged us to do through his word. And it's awesome to see this awesome congregation know how to reach out with a helping hand when we see people in distress. And we're living in a very stressed out world today. That we're, we're, we're living in the reality of knowing because action speaks louder than words that, that uh, politics isn't working. Did you know that God, this doesn't take the Lord by surprise. He knew 2,000 years ago where we would be in the year of 2019. He even knows how many more times I'm going to breathe before uh, my spirit says it's over. He knows exactly what we're going to encounter. He knows the storms that, are, that we're going to encounter. He knows the avenues that we're traveling today, the things we're struggling with, and the things that we've been more than conquered with because we've called upon him. And he wants you to know that he, he wants to be a friend to you. He wants to be a close friend. He, he doesn't enjoy being acquainted, people being acquainted with him. He wants you to know he's the real deal for your life. And we come to church for just more than socializing, which I love to socialize. I love people. I love to be a part of people's life. But listen, he wants you to 
prepare your heart this morning. This year you're going to have an encounter with Jesus Christ like you've never had before. And when that happens, not that you haven't already, there are many people that could stand to your feet this morning and give a victory testimony about you were at the end of life journey you were on a one-way road and there was no way out and Jesus came down and he made a way where you see there seemed to be no way but this year I believe is a day that God is going to allow the church to rise as never before and I believe before we end of this year I believe there'll be people that will step forward at preaching time and say could I give a, a short story I've had an encounter with Jesus Christ and I want to tell you what he did in my life when I could do nothing about what I was facing Maybe you have a broken heart. Maybe you're dealing with the thought process that you don't, don't seem to be able to, to, to work through. Maybe your, your past is so heavy that it just seems like you can't take another step. Well, that's the reason First Peter 5, 7 says, lay it all in his hands. In fact, throw it in his hands. Cast means to throw. First Peter 5, 7 says you can cast it all in his hands because he cares. Maybe your relationship is on the rocks today. And you don't, you don't want to face a divorce court. You don't want to have to look for another mate. You, you want this, this to be the real deal. But yet the storms of life are raging against your, the marriage that you're involved with. Listen to me. God is the greatest counselor. And he sent his son Jesus as a wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, to help us work through our challenges. Yes. Amen. None of us that are married have been married more than an hour, but what you've encountered, some surprises. <clears throat> and those of you that have married, been married 10 years, you've had at least 10 surprises. And those of us that have been married 40 or 50 years have had some su surprises. Yes. But aren't you glad the blessings trump the, the challenges and we're here today by the grace of God? Yes. As I stood on the on the platform Wednesday. And I looked down upon the grieving family that was seated here. The building probably could have held another uh, 30 people, but it, it, was, it was close to being full. And I looked down, and, and I began to, my thought process began to process. And, and as we began, I said, Jay, <clears throat> I stood before you and your precious love 50 years ago this June. When I ask you, do you take this woman whose hand you hold to be your lawful wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for richer, for poorer, for sickness and health, for better, for worse, as long as you both shall live? And you said, I do. Tears streamed down a great friend of mine's face as he realized she's gone, but not forever. She, he has this blessed hope he's going to catch up with her one of these days. And the comfort that we need during those times cannot be bought with silver or gold. It was paid for by the precious blood of Jesus. And all of these are available to those that will come to the, to the Savior and ask him to be the Lord of their life. There are so many benefits that the Lord has for us today. When our hearts are broken, there's a comforter. When there's somebody to, that we need to fight the, the, the storms that, we're, that are raging and the battles that are 
that are coming against our marriage, our, our family, our friends. He's the one who always st- shows up, and he stands up, and he says in Isaiah fifty four seventeen, no weapon formed again you will prosper, and every tongue that talks bad about you, I'll take care of it. How's that? And listen, I just want to load you with benefits today that will cause you to begin to think you're somebody. You're, you're not a nobody. That's the wrong thinking. The enemy wants to tell you you're a nobody. The Word says you're a somebody. And he's created you to be more than conquerors. And you're not a loser. You're, you're, not, you're not on the, the end of the stick today. God hasn't forgotten you. I want you to know today. And he's got blessings in store for you that silver and gold can't buy if you'll just hang in there and let God be the leader of your soul. Everybody's give God a hand clap this morning. <clears throat> I have a scripture I want to read today, and then we're going to, re- we're going to reflect upon some the thoughts that God has allowed me to process this morning. Have you ever felt like you were powerless when you were facing a situation? I went into a courtroom several years ago with a, a company that had spent $5 million. They did everything right. And I watched, I watched one of the most disgraceful court process take place and the courts actually took this $5 million project that I had overseen and gave it to a man through thievery. I was, I was there the day the project started. I was the day that the courts took it away from the people I represented and gave it to a man who had did some bad things. You felt powerless you, you, you had worked on the phone. You'd worked on the computer. It was during a time when you couldn't buy uh, the, the parts that you needed to, to build this project. But God just stepped into my life. And the man that was building said, you'll never put this together. We can, not, we can put the iron together. You'll never find the, uh, the, the things that it takes to build it. But I said, you know, I, as I would leave the yard each day, I would say, Lord, with you, nothing is impossible. And let this be a miracle. Little did I realize that God did step up, and he did perform miracles. I was careful to give him the praise for it, but I wasn't prepared for the last chapter of the book. I wasn't prepared to be locked out of that yard where I had driven for several months, and I wasn't expected for the thief to win in a battle. Processing that brought a lot of bad thoughts. Processing, there there were days that I was so disgusted with, with with people that we had trusted that, you know, I, it would have been all right with me if God had just struck them dead. I mean, you know, when you stand up for something that's right and then it crumbles, you think that's the last of it? It's not the last of it. Can I, I want to say this. God keeps a set of books too. Yes, he does. And I'm telling you, in due season, the Bible says you'll win if you don't quit. And the only way we quit is when we let the bad stinking thinking override our good thinking and it begins to take us down the wrong road and eventually it will destroy us our thinking is a thing uh, is a process that God gave us so that we could live a life of abundance I want to look at a scripture in Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through 9 and I want to read it to you and then we're going to move into some thought processes today and we're going to make a decision you may be here this morning and you're not fasting from food that the church has, has been going through, but you can, I want to challenge you, you can fast, start fasting today from bad thoughts. Anybody here 
today you'd say by an uplifted hand, there's some people that I just don't really need in my life. A few. If you're in leadership, there's a few. That's all right. You're, that doesn't make you a sinner. I'm not asking if it's your mother-in-law. I'm just, just wondering, is, is there anybody here that's ever had this thought that just dropped dead? That'd be all right with me. Another hand or two. That's all right. We're being honest. This is, this is okay. We're family. Well, I want to read the scripture, and then we're going to be talking about the feeling of being powerless and how we're going to uh, process that this morning in the next 30 minutes. Beginning with Joshua chapter 1, verses 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over to Jordan, you and all the people, to this land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. And every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Notice the first two verses are history on the assignment. God is dealing with Moses. He said, I realize your leader, your hero's dead. But I, I want to, I'm talking to you today uh, uh, as, as I'm preparing you for what's ahead. He said, as he spoke to Joshua, he said, you're the man in charge, and this is what I want you to do, and this is assignment. Go over to this land that I'm to give to the children of Israel. And then here's what he says. He gives us a promise. He said, if you'll do this, every place the sole of your feet will tread upon as I've said to Moses, I'll, I'm saying it to you. And the promise was this. From the, he, all, the, all the land that he promised Moses, he said to Joshua, I'll do the same for you that I promised to Moses. And then here's the comfort or strength that he speaks in to Joshua as he gives him these orders. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then here's the challenge that he gives Joshua, knowing that he's going to encounter the storms of life. He's going to have some time, days that he could, he could allow bad thoughts to distract him. He could get discouraged. He could become defeated. But here's what the challenge is from God as he speaks to Joshua. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Again, verse 7, he says, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. What a challenge. And then verse 8 is a, is, is a verse that, adds to this here's the thing that he gave him and I want you to listen closely because this verse 8 in Joshua 1 will help you deal with stinking thinking and it's talking about God's word and here's what he told Joshua this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you'll meditate on it day and night to do according to all that is written then you not somebody else. You can make your way prosperous, and then you can have good success. What did he say? As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. And Joshua took the command, and he followed it. And uh, 
Moses had trained Joshua to take his place, that, that the children of Israel could have a great leader as he was uh, about to pass on. And then Jesus trains his disciples and, and before he's ascended into heaven so they will be able to take his place. And uh, it's awesome to follow the scriptures because following what God's word has to say will always help us with our thinking. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So if you're like me, you, need to th- you, you have to think as you talk. Sometimes your thinking doesn't catch up with your, your, your talking, and sometimes it, it's vice versa. But the, way, the reason we study God's Word, the reason we come to church is because we want to be trained. We want, to, we want, we want God to lead us and direct us. We don't want to be a dummy on the street corner spiritually wondering which way to go or what to do when we get there. God wants you to know what to do. And he's going to equip you to face no matter what you're facing. And he's going to help you keep a good attitude. Even when you feel powerless. And today as we, we think for a moment. I want you to think this with me. Today I'm going to, thought, I'm going to fast from the, the thought that I feel powerless. There are so many people this morning that are challenged in ways that I've never been challenged. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't give us a word for encouragement, for strength for those people along the way. And some of the greatest strength that we can give to somebody who feels powerless is to say this, God cares and so do I. And I'm your friend and I'm just a call away. One of the greatest truths that we've ever come to understand is that a sense of powerlessness is really the root to all negative emotions. If you feel feel powerless to do anything about your past, you feel guilty, do we not? If you feel powerless to change your future, you're afraid. And if you feel powerless to change your present, you get depressed. When you feel like people or things in your life will not change, you get angry. Does that cover all of us? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. There's not anybody in this building, but probably maybe even this week, maybe even this morning you had an anger problem. We all have those moments. Maybe you've had a week that's been heavy and you've, you've been fighting depression. Maybe you've gone through a week and you've just been afraid of how your, your situation might work out. Or maybe you feel guilty because uh, things maybe have, could have gone different, but you, uh, you intervened instead of allowing the Lord to intervene, and uh, things are not quite as good as you'd like for them to be this morning. We've all been there. But I, I, I challenge you this morning, embrace the truth that God has not given you the spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. Second Timothy one seven. Embrace the, the if you're if you feel powerless this morning, God wants you to know. He doesn't want you to leave here feeling like you there's nothing you can do. You can call on the Lord. You can say, Lord, I I'm really fighting this battle. I I, I just I want to keep my head on straight. I want to think this through, and I want to do the right thing. And and uh, immediately. Uh, and you can jot this down, you can mark it in your Bible, you can put it on your computer, 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given me the spirit of fear, so why should I be afraid? When Romans 8.28 says, I'll work everything out good for you because you love me. Right. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. If he hadn't given us fear but power, love, and a sound mind, then there's 
three of the greatest things that you and I and Christians need. We need the power to look the adversary in the eye and say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not going to go the negative way. I'm going to stay with the powerful way. My thoughts are going to be granted by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I do not, I do not expect anybody in this building to memorize those scriptures. But let me tell you the reason I did. Because I was going through things that was about to choke me to death. I was going through the storms of life. And I, did, I thought the ship was going to capsize. I was going through a time when I felt worthless. I felt useless. And I had to have some help. There was days when I would, there was nights when I'd wake up at 1.30. I'd go to bed at midnight so I could sleep till 5.30 or 6. And I'd wake up at 2 and 2.30 in the morning. And the bed sheet would be so wet where my body was breaking out with sweat because I was so stressed over some issues that were going on right here in our church family. And I, and I said, Lord, you've got to help me because your word says love never fails. And I want to love these people this situation and I want to love the individuals that are in this no matter how they treat me or what's going on you call me to be the shepherd night after night at two o'clock that bed would be sopping wet where my body was just doing somersaults and I just kept saying Lord I can do all things I'm not going to cut and run I, I'm not going to give leeway to the spirit of fear but you gave me power. You said in Isaiah 40, 31, but if I would wait on you, if my spirit would be intertwined with you, I could mount up with wings as eagles. I could run and not be weary. I could walk and not thank God. You've got to help me. And he helped me by allowing me to hide that word in my heart so that I wouldn't go the sinful path, but I would continue to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me say this this morning. Nobody is exempt from the trials of the life. And for every opportunity that God gives us, the enemy's going to be there to try to bring destruction while God's trying to give you information on how you're going to get from here to there. And he'll obstruct it by your thought process. That's one of the greatest weapons that the enemy uses against all of us. Everybody say all of us. That's good. All of us. The enemy does everything he can to distort our way of thinking. So make a decision this morning. I'm going to fast from negative thinking. I'm going to put the, my thought process where it belongs. I'm going to think positive instead of negative. And, and believe then. Numbers two is I want you to believe the power that I've been speaking about is in you. The power of Jesus Christ is in everybody in this building that has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. The power of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is there to refresh your spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to renew your spirit. The, the power of Jesus is in you today to renew your mind. And then your will and emotions will come in line with our way of thinking. In Ephesians 3.20, God said that we're able, or he's able, to do exceeding abundantly and above all that we're able to think or ask. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I've got uh, some, some pretty good ways of thinking about some great things. I've, I've all, I dreamed of this building before we ever 
we ever erected it. It was a dream. And it, the day we walked in here and cut the ribbon, it was a dream come true. It was just a, it was an encounter with God that I had seen way before we had ever laid the foundation or poured the concrete. And every time I walk into this building, it just renew something God you showed up and I know you're going to show up again and he doesn't show up whether there's big crowds he shows up whether if it's just you and Jesus he's there isn't that great we get our eyes on numbers and numbers are awesome but I can tell you one thing when it gets down to personal business if you've got Jesus there that's all you need and if that's not all you need, you call on one of the elders or myself, and we'll be there to support you no matter what you're going through. Believe what you read in the Bible. Don't just read it, but believe what it says. If he says that we can do exceeding abundantly above all that I can think or ask, if he says he'll do that for us, then let's believe that he'll do it. It's not there just for reading. It's there for us to practice. And the power that God enables to flow through our life will go beyond what we can think or ask. Let me say this this morning. If you're here today and you've just made a commitment to the Lord and you've invited him into your life, but you've never given him anything to work with, let me talk to you about that. This last scripture says he'll do above all you are able to think or ask. But he says ask. You've got to ask for help. If things aren't going your way, it's not a time to kick the dog, kick the door, or, or cuss. It's a time to ask, God, I need your help. This is just about more than I can take. One more, one more word, and I'm going to show my taillights. No, God wants you to ask him. And since he can go beyond the way we think, since he can go beyond the realm of our limitations, we limit God when we don't think or ask for big things. Let me ask you, do you have a dream that seems really big today? You have something that you want to see happen. Maybe not in your life, maybe in the life of a family member, or maybe in, in a life of, of health, or maybe it would be in the realm of your financial world. Is it bigger than you can think or ask? Is it bigger than you would really want to share with anybody? Why don't you give God something to work with? Why don't you let him help you? Jeremiah 33 and 3 says he'll do that. He said, if you'll call on me, I'll answer you, and I'll show myself in great and mighty ways you know nothing about. I've never heard the Lord in an audible voice. He's never talked to me. He's never said, Orville, I have some plans for you. He's never, I've never heard him say, I, I like you. And, but the reason I know he loves me is because his word tells me so. And I believe in the Bible because he's shown up many times in, in my encounters of life, and, I, and he's taken me down a pathway that only he could lead me, and he's given me strength to do the things that I couldn't do. And he's ministered to our needs when it seemed like nobody really knew about them except maybe Sherry and I, or maybe just myself. But God wants you to trust him. He wants you to believe. you got to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that just ask. Right. Well, you don't know where I've been and what I've done. Toss that out to the window. We're fasting from that way of thinking. Well, I just I asked the Lord once, and he never showed up. There's something about persisting. Just keep on asking. There's things that I've asked the Lord for, 
And uh, it's been years, but I'm still asking, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And I know it's your will. I just don't know the time. A situation happened in my own life just a few months ago. And, and, uh, and I'd been praying for close to 20 years that this situation would happen. And then one night, it transpired. And I thought, Lord, it's so good to know that, you know, you just keep on, you just keep on keeping on. You just keep on thanking. You just, whether you feel like it or not. Some mornings, if I, if I could just be honest, I'm sitting here some mornings, I, I just don't feel like doing this. But I'm not going to let my feelings run over what God wants me to do. This is my act to say, Lord, I praise you. I thank you. Seven times a day will I praise you for your righteous judgment. Great peace have those. I'm releasing all my frustration to the Lord when I surrender. I'm, I'm praising him for more than I can even speak when I lift my hands. My, my emotions are controllable. I don't have to raise my hands. But that's, that's, that's my, my heart is speaking. When I, when, this, is, this is something I love to do. Do my arms get tired? Yeah, they do. Yeah, but, but I, I've made up my mind one thing. I'm not going to let my feelings rule my life because feelings are fickle we've all felt like we've been ran over by an 18 wheeler loaded we've all felt like the crowd run off and left us and we don't know which way to go we've all felt we've all felt cast down and but not forsaken because jesus is low i'm with you always even to the end I, i challenge you this morning why don't you just take the limits off of god if you're dealing with something health wise Spiritual-wise, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. Why don't you just take the limits off of God? Why don't you just try? I, I want to encourage you. Let this be a year when you're going to try the Spirit. If you're at a crossroads and you don't know what to do, ask the Lord. Lord, you said if I'd ask, you'd answer. Show me, show me what I'm supposed to do and help me make the right decision. And in the journey of life, eventually you'll have, you'll have a story to tell. I was at the crossroads. I was about to do the wrong thing, and Jesus showed me the right way. And if you're not there yet, one day you will be. You can lay something down and know exactly where you laid it, and you go back to get it, and it's sprouted legs, and it's walked. (laughs) And your thought process was, I know I laid it right there. Somebody came by and picked that up. And then if you're not very careful, you'll start blaming somebody. Oh, I know most of you aren't there yet, but there's two or three of us that are there. <laughs> this, this happens in the female circle, too, I know. But the most uh, challenging moment is when I asked Sherry for a certain shirt. She said, it's hanging in your closet. The third time I go through the shirts, it's not there. I said, where did you say that was? Or the fourth time, I'll say, it's not there. <laughs> then she comes to the closet. Is this what you're looking for? At that moment, while she's casting down imaginations, I'm casting down one too. Should I run for my life? She did take me for better or for worse. No matter where you go, no matter what you're going to do, what you're about to do, 
There's always a day when we have to take control of our emotions or regret that we didn't. But, but this year is a year I want to challenge you. Take the limits off of God. Just let God do. The next time you go to the shop and that ranch isn't there or, or that jack isn't there, just do this. Lord, you said you'd show me great and mighty things. Would you help me by showing me where that's at? And just trust him. Just trust him. Many times I, I, I did this, and very few times did I walk off uh, Blaming somebody else, it was usually where I really left it, not where I thought I left it. There is a difference. Eventually, you'll get there. How about this? Never underestimate the power of expectations. What are you expecting to happen this year in your life? Well, I'm not expecting very much. Everything I did expect went the, wrong, went the wrong way. It all went to pieces. Let me challenge you this morning. What did you raise your expectation to a new level? I'm expecting good things to happen this year. I'm expecting, I'm expecting my family to prosper. I'm expecting my health to be good. I'm expecting good things from our church. I'm expecting great things to happen. And then today, expect for God's power to strengthen you to expect to be led by the Holy Spirit. Nobody is here this morning by accident. And I don't believe in luck. I just believe God directs our lives. And he, he is blessed when he, you're blessed. And he's so excited when you receive his blessings. As we face this day or this year... Expect God's power to flow through you. Expect him to say good things through your mouth. Expect him to show up and use you in accomplishing what he's set out to do through your life. And then, I'd like to say this in closing today. Embrace the power that God gives us to do what he wants us to do as, a, as one of his children. The power to forgive and the power to be forgiven. The power to heal. The power to speak words and they bring great results. The power to lay our head on the pillow at night and know that all is well between us and the Lord. The power to say, I'm sorry. The power to say to our spouse, I love you more than you realize. The power to say, God, I'm so glad that your grace is sufficient. It's made perfect in my, my hour of weakness. And I'm so glad that you've never kicked me out of your family. He said, he that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. And he, he's not here to kick you out this morning. He's here to empower you with the, his power, his supernatural power. And he's available to put super on every natural ability that we have if we will allow him to. And his goodness and his mercy endures forever. His grace is sufficient to carry us through the trials and the testing time. So expect your, expect your, the lifeboat to make it safely to the shore. Expect your life to, uh, to process the ways that you're going, the things you're going through. And expect great returns from the seed that you sow.
I feel so blessed today for the ability that God gives each one of us every day. I have some friends that are not nearly as fortunate as I am. In fact, I have a friend who's pastor, and he has a small church, but a good church, and nobody gave him a dime for Christmas. And I begin to reflect upon what God does for me. And I, it cultivates not only Thanksgiving, but it gives me a desire to help somebody. I can only imagine what went through a pastor's heart. I could only imagine how he had to practice the ability to cast out imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself. I can only imagine the enemy says, well, if you were a better preacher, things wouldn't be this way. I can even imagine if there was anywhere to go, I would leave now. But he's standing fast in the liberty that Christ has made him and called him to be who he is. And so Jared took him a Christmas bonus from our church. And he's standing in front of his father-in-law's congregation this morning. And little did this pastor know that God was watching over him. His grace is sufficient. It's made perfect in our weakness. And when we come to the point we don't think anybody cares, all God has to do is say, would you go? And he'll always put something in your hand to give. And if he doesn't put anything in your hand to give, he'll give you great thoughts. And here's the thoughts that he leaves for me to give to you. He said, I have thoughts for your future, for a good future, not a future of failure. And I'm going to bless you and I'm going to strengthen you with your thought process till you get there. And until you get there, we're going to work through this together. And, and the word says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you do slip, I'm going to be there to pick you up and I'm going to help you with good thoughts. Today, when we leave this building this morning, we all have the ability to think one way or the other. And his word says, if you'll let me, I'll give you the ability to cast down imaginations, bad imaginations. Every high thing that says you're not a Christian, Christians don't do that. Every high thing that's trying to take you out, he said, if you'll let me, you're still my kid. If you'll let me, I'm going to help you work through this, and you're going to make it through. Because with me, nothing is impossible. Would you stand?